Hi, my name's Kevin Hillier and welcome to episode three of Go West, the real estate podcast. Today, as in the previous two episodes, I'll be joined by Rob Westwood from First National Westwood Real Estate to have a chat about a whole range of topics concerning properties in the western suburbs and most particularly in the city of Wyndham and surrounding areas. That's an area, of course, that uh, Rob has had experience in in the selling and buying area for over 20 years. And the Westwood name, of course, has been around for just on 50 years uh, through his dad, Bob. So today we'll cover a wide range of topics again, as we have done in the previous two episodes, if you want to go back and have a listen to those. Today we'll look at uh, how the year has started in the property market uh, in the western suburbs, the lifestyle and investment attractions in the city of Wyndham and surrounds, how important schools are in choosing a house to buy, Uh, And a few other little subjects we'll look at, including what's hot and what's not uh, in the property market, whether you need patience when you're buying and selling, uh, look at finances and auctions versus private sales, and whether the real estate bubble has burst. All that and more coming up as we talk to Rob Westwood from First National Westwood. And of course, you can contact Rob if you have any more questions about any of the things we talk about in this podcast. By all means, jump on the website westwoodfn.com.au or give the office a call on 9742 5555. Welcome back. How's the new year started? A bright start to the real estate year? It's been a bright frenzy again, Kevin. It's continued on. Um, yeah, certainly we're, we've been pushed and driven by the first home buyer market. Uh, the demand is just so high for people looking for, you know, for their their first home, their first foray into the market, so to speak. It's just it's doing exactly what we thought it would do. You know, don't listen to what people are saying or the market's going to quieten down. It's not. It's just the most affordable first home buyer property market that, that, you know, other than Melton around. So it's this will continue on for, we're expecting it to happen for most of the year to be, you know, busy like this. Well, let's talk about Wyndham as a, and, and by Wyndham we mean 3030 and 3029 and 3028, that whole kind of encompassing area that is the and, city of Wyndham. And Kevin, don't forget 3024, which is which Wyndham, Valmata Lakes and uh and that continually growing area out there as well. So, uh, from a from a, a lifestyle point of view, let's talk about that that area, that whole area from a lifestyle point of view. What's what's the attractions that people are drawn to the area? I mean, obviously, price is a major factor, first home buyer market, as you said. But what's the lifestyle parts of the city area that you reckon work? I think the whole the, the central the central certainly the central part of Werribee works well with 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 cafes and and the river area and, and Wyndham Park. Um, what the council have done there is 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 you know it's a fantastic thing for families and so forth. But I think that we've got the zoo, we've got Werribee Park Mansion, you've got Werribee South. There is a good beach there. You know people do go swimming there. It was I was down there the other afternoon and. It was, it was, there was traffic lined up everywhere and cars parked on the side of the road. It, it was, even this is at 7.30 at night, it was, it was busy down there. Um, but the, the other thing is the accessibility to the surrounding areas. We're close to Geelong. We're close to, you know, you can get to Anglesey and, and you know, uh, Torquay in, in an hour. It's actually, and it's a good drive. So, you know, we're not right in the heart of city. We're, we're not, people aren't sort of battling traffic jams to, to get out and do things. So I think that's a big, big part of it here. But yep. um, from from a lifestyle point anyway, but it's, uh, and, and you can jump on a train and you can be in the city in sort of, you know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Yeah. 
That, that's from a, if you're buying and going to live in the area. What about from an investment uh, point of view? Is is there is there bright lights there for people who are looking to to buy properties now? Because there's uh, being told stories of people who uh, you know have spent the last two years in lockdown, haven't spent any money, and have actually built up a nice little bank balance and are looking now to invest in the property market. Is is the city of Wyndham a good place to spend your money? Yeah, and and will continue to be, Kevin. We we have a consistent, and this has been you know for twenty years that that I've been sort of watching it, consistently five to seven percent growth annually. And while it might you may jump by by ten percent this year and fifteen percent the next year, and it might you know then it might level out for another year or so, but consistently over that time you would find a um, between five and seven percent growth. So you're always going to get, you know, a good return um, sort of in, as far as growth goes on your value of your property. But you also get, you know, around a 4 four to 5% uh, return dollar-wise on, on your investment. So, you know, it can be um, a 10 11 12% return annually on your property. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a great spot from that point of, point of view. There is great community here, so we always have people wanting to come here and rent. We've got lots and lots of new uh, – when we talk communities, we talk uh, coming in from different countries, and they do uh, congregate together, which is which is great for them, you know, good support. But we do create these little communities out here as well, so that's, that's a massive draw. So whether people come here and can afford to buy straight away, they normally can't. So they will rent in the areas that they're going to eventually buy in. Um, you know, we've, we have got, everyone will complain about it, but we've got great infrastructure here as far as our schools and so forth. The schools are actually, they're ahead of the game, that the state government, um, as far as building the new schools and, and getting them up and running in time to, to, you know, for all these new people who are coming in. Um, but we're also we've got um, we've got great access to um, to employment. You know this this whole industrial area over Derriman Derriman Way and in through Footscray and Brooklyn and so forth and even north um, Sunshine Deer Park. There's massive employment opportunities out here. So people come to this area because they don't want to drive through the tunnel. They don't want to have to go towards the city. Yeah. So you know we we are you know and and. You know, my only wish would be that the, the government would would amp up or ramp up their 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 efforts to build these ring roads to connect. You know, the Harpley Estate have done this beautiful road through um, Armstrong Road, comes right through Harpley, gets to Bourbon Road where the train line is, where the government should have taken over, and it stops. And it's probably two years away from being fixed, and that would that would alleviate the majority of congest- congestion through the centre of Werribee by doing that, but they're a little bit slow there. But, you know, that's my one little bit of a win. Yeah. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, the infrastructure's always been a catch-up, in catch-up mode for, for probably the last 20 years. Yeah, the, the school side of things, they're very good. Their planning on that is very good. Um, again, there's another one um, just up to um, between Manor Lakes and President's Park. There's another school being built in there, you know, as we speak, and, and there's there's not that many houses around it. So, you know, the, that, that's that's a big, big thing as well. And we have, we have great teachers and we have a, a good system there, a really good school system yeah. there as well. Is that an important uh, feature? Well, you know, for for people buying property, is that their their house sits in a in a residential area that is is got four, four or five schools that they can go to. Uh, they've they've got the choice of that. Absolutely, for choice. 
yeah, it's it's uh, we're very very lucky the way they've actually got it set up. And school zoning is a big big thing as well. You know, where the old Werribee High School, which used to have a, a, a quite a bad reputation over the last sort of 15, 15 years, um, it's now a school that people are, are looking. People buy properties in this area just for the address so they can get their kids into that school. Yeah. So yes, it's it's a it's a big big factor, and I know it's it's big in the eastern suburbs as well. But it's certainly becoming more and more of a an issue here as well. But it's the same with the um, the Islamic College out at, out on Sayers Road there. Yep. People do buy in that area so their children can actually get into that school. Yep. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Uh, availability of properties. Are there a lot of properties on the market at the moment? Is is there is there a wide choice for buyers to to have a look at? No. <laughs> no, no really. Not. No, there's not enough. And, and again, it comes back to this, uh, the estates, uh, whether it's the government or, or the, 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 the land that's being sold. Now, if you went and bought yourself a, a brand new block of land from an estate now, you generally wouldn't be able to get that, uh, you know, start building on that for 12 months because the title isn't sort of ready. So, you know, title land is, is in real short supply. So that puts the, the owners back on. The buyers want to buy and move in now. Yeah. So they have to buy an existing property, which is, you know, it's created this, this vacuum in the market. And when the good ones come on, they sell. You know, the buyers are there. They're ready to go. The, the, the money's cheap from the bank. The banks are happy to lend. And, uh, yeah, it just creates this frenzy. As an observer, when you look at the television and see the ads for all the different building companies, you get the impression that that house that they're showing you, that beautiful, you know, three or four bedroom home, can be put up tomorrow and you can move into it by the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's some fine print in their contract. <laughs> and uh, look, and, and unfortunately, look, I know a guy, and you probably know the guy who used to work, I won't mention his name, but he used to work at Ford down here at Werribee. And we sold his property. He'd bought a block of land, and he he, he worked out okay. We we um he could have afforded to buy the block of land, and but he said we don't want the big mortgage, so we're going to rent for a while, sell this house we're in, rent, and then build the new home. Uh, he sold his property, and three years later, he was still renting. Oh. Uh, he probably missed out on about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars of growth in his property that he could have stayed in it, not paid rent, and um, you know. That's just a situation of waiting for land to be titled. While it's sad, that's just how it is. So yeah. title land is, is is the thing you can't get, which is then why these all, all the, the homes that are there and people can move into become more desirable. Yeah. I want to talk about what's what's hot and what isn't hot at the moment and what people are looking for. Is is a stock standard three bedroom home still the the number one on the on the chart, or is that been uh, gazumped by a four bedroom, or what's what's the current thinking? Um, because of the the prices are so you know the the prices are you know it's 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 cheap. The, the homes here are, are cheap. They're so affordable. You know we're seeing a lot of three bedroom homes in that sort of Wyndham Vale sort of outer areas, Wyndham Vale, Werribee, not Hoppers Crossing. Um, selling in the sort of in the 450 mark, uh, we've got one at the moment which I would have thought maybe it was it was 450, 460. We've got interest on it up near 500 grand, wow. and that's probably about where it's going to sell. But again, it's a good home. But I think if you said what's hot, you know, four bedroom, two bathroom, up to about six six fifty, it sells itself because that's what a lot of people are looking for. They're looking for the fourth bedroom. They're definitely looking for the, the second bathroom. 
even as far as the second toilet because some cultures, um, you know, really insist on there being two toilets in yeah. the property. Four, four bed, two bathroom and double garage if it's available, absolutely, yes. A lot of these properties too are on like 400 square metres of land which doesn't leave much room for a game of cricket or a kick of the footy yeah. in the backyard. Yeah. If you have a kick of footy in the backyard, it's, you're having it with the neighbours. <laughs> our third our third of an acre blocks have pretty much gone bush in the, in the new developments and things, haven't they? Yeah, there's, there's, there's none of those. I think the yeah. biggest one you can get um, in most of the estates now is, is, I think it's about 512 square metres, is about the biggest they will do. Yep. Um, and they're doing them right down to into the 200s, 260, 270 square metres and, and putting a double-storey four-bedroom house on it. Yeah. It's, all, it's all about, you know, the number of blocks. There's so much profit to be had per block of land, so the more blocks, the more profit, and that's the way they're running on it. Yeah. When it comes to what what's hot and what's not, another thing that's not hot are homes that need lots and lots of work, um, and sometimes it might be a tenanted property. Um, it's a home that maybe an elderly person has lived in or a hoarder or something like that, and yep. you walk in and people walk in and they just go, oh, you don't get any competition on those properties. So they're the ones that are they're not hot, the ones that you need to paint, you possibly need to renovate bathrooms and so forth. They're the ones that are, are not hot, and you, you always you, you always end up you just they just sell as as houses, not as homes. So, um, you know, when it comes to what's hot and what's not hot, um, anything anything that you see on the market that's been for sale for anything longer than thirty days, that there's an issue with it, and it'll be price. The price is wrong. If the price is right in this market, it'll sell. Um, is uh, is the home office scenario that we've seen develop in the last two years where a lot of people are now working from home and have to have a, an office space of some description at home, has that changed what people are looking for in houses? Not so much. It, I think it's certainly something a lot of people are looking at and considering, but it's not a major decision. I think a lot of our market as well, you know, people are happy to work from a laptop. I think people are happy to work from the kitchen table and yeah. so forth. Certainly the fact that, you know, as, as always, a bedroom can always become a study and, and sometimes you'll see some houses they're set up with the, one of the bedrooms is has got two offices set up in it. But I think that comes back to that it's the four-bedroom homes that are becoming more the, 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 desirable, um, the desirable properties. Yeah. Is there anything that's not hot, anything that uh, you have on your property or that people go, oh, no, that's a deal-breaker for me, like a, you walk into a house – and you see a swimming pool out the back. For some people, that's utopia. For other people, that is the biggest headache you'll ever have the misfortune to have your head around. <laughs> that sounds like a uh, past experience. <laughs> um, I, I think the people who come and look at a property that has a swimming pool uh, are happy to look at it. But if you know if they look at it online and it's got a swimming pool and they don't want one, they just won't come and look at it. So. Yep. The swimming pools are, a, 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 for some people, are a no. I think, you know, it's really about the home. If the home's right, you know, they'll, they'll deal with that, you know, when they get to that point. So it's not often that you have people saying, oh, I, I have to have a swimming pool, I have to have a house with a swimming pool. I think they're just a, I won't say a nuisance, but it's, it's, it's either they're there or they're not there and people don't really worry about them that much. Yeah. In terms of for buyers and sellers, uh, you mentioned that the market's still really healthy and properties are moving very quickly. Um, is patience a virtue as a buyer or a seller, or is it something that you've you've got to find 
uh, not to go too quick either whether you're selling your property or whether you're buying a, buying a property? Um, patience, yes. Um, so certainly from a seller's point of view, I'm very, very keen on on making sure that you explore the buyers and, and you know, run a, run a um, not too long a campaign, but give enough buyers to look time to see the property. Like don't sell it to the first, you know, don't sell it from the very first open home unless you've got, you know, heaps of people there. Let the markets find your property. Let the people look at it, you know. But I think realistically within two to three weeks, probably four weeks at the most is, is the ideal time a property should be on the market. So, you know, patient, yes, to, to, to take time to find the buyer, but listen to what the buyers are saying. Uh, and often if you say no to the buyers, they'll do two things. They'll either go away or they'll come back and offer you more money. It's quite simple. So, you know, and luckily as a seller in today's market, you have that, um, it's your advantage. So, you know, say no, maybe, you know, maybe test the buyers, test your agent, make your agent work a little bit harder. I know that's what we're doing with with, with almost every deal that we're involved with. We're, we're trying to stretch the buyers as far as we possibly can because, you know, when you're selling a property and especially in a market like this, you really only have one opportunity to get the best price. Yep. Changing agents, going to another agent, really, you, you, you're trying to sell second-hand property, so to speak, aren't you? Something yep. that's been seen and, and rejected by others. I think from a buyer's point of view, you have to just be prepared. You have to have all your ducks in a row. Um, have a pre-approval letter from the bank for your finance. Don't let an agent force you into going unconditional, making an unconditional offer, that's irresponsible on an agent's behalf to do that. Oh, Is that a situation where you say, "Okay, no, I'm, I'm buying it. I don't worry about finance. Don't worry about all that stuff. I'm just, I'm in." Yeah, you, you can do that. By all means, you can do that. But you know, don't, just as a buyer, especially as a first home buyer, don't let an agent force you into taking your finance clause or your building inspection clause out of the property. Yeah. If if a seller won't accept your offer if it's got a building inspection clause in it, you don't want to buy that house. But, you know, get all your ducks in a row. Make sure your finances are right. Do your homework. It's not that hard to work out what properties are worth if you look at what things are selling for. That'll yes. tell you the information. If if we can do it, the general public can do it because there's a lot of very, very smart people out there, yes. and I suggest they're, they're probably smarter than a lot of the agents out there, and I'll, I'll include myself in that as well because it's, it's not rocket science, Kevin, you yep. know. When you say pre-approved finance uh, from your from your banks or your lending institution, whatever that might be, uh, so if you if you're if you're looking to buy and you're you're checking the market out and you've got a house of your own, do you sell your house first? Do you put your get get your money there, or do, or is that not the way to go, or or is it different strokes for different folks? That that's a tricky one in today's market because you if you're trying to buy another property subject to yours selling, yep. then th- that's when it gets complicated and you don't have as much buying power. It's a, it's actually worth when 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 I talk about pre approval from the bank, is for a first home buyer they're buying their first home they go to the bank they give them all their financial information the bank will come back and say here's a letter and it says. Um, uh, Kevin, you're pre-approved um, to buy up to a, um, a price of $500,000, okay? Yep. So if you're putting an offer in on a property with us, we ask you for that letter. Yep. Give us that letter so we know that you're okay for your finance. We'll present it to the owners, and the owners then know that you've gone through that 
um, issue that thing with the, and you should get your finance from the bank. It should be okay. If you're looking to sell, say for instance, you guys were doing that, um, I would certainly find out what your property's worth or roughly what your property's worth. I would possibly put it on the market and look for maybe a longer settlement term on your property and then start the process of looking for the next property there so you don't have to sell, move out, rent for a little while and yeah. then move into the new property. So, But also bridging finance is worth considering that you buy something else and, you know, um, you've got a loan just to cover the, the difference in the middle. But the interest rates aren't like 25% like they used to be oh. back in the 70s and 80s. You mentioned bridging it, finance to most people of, of our age and they they have, they pass out. They do. They can <laughs> and they do. And I, I have to say to people, now, please don't faint when I say the word <laughs> bridging finance, um, but please you know, have, the, have the, the conversation. But also don't just talk to your bank. Talk to a broker. Talk to a reputable broker who's going to give you the honest information that you want. You know, the, the more information you've got, you know, it's it's like anything. The more you know about the subject, the the, the easier the process will become. Is is money hard to get from from lending institutions at the moment? Are they are they tight fisted with it? Are they as the as the COVID situation made them more uh, sort of conservative? No, I, I don't believe so. I think if you're a first home buyer, certainly they 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 you know, and, and you've got half half decent credit, you're pretty well right. I think if you've got any defaults and so forth, you, you may have an issue. But um, they're, they're very, very good for, for, for giving out money, and especially for homes. If you've got a 5% deposit, most of the time you'll get finance for a first-home buyer. It gets tricky when if you've got multiple properties and, and you're looking to, to borrow money to invest, you might have fantastic equity, but they come back and look at, the serviceability of your loans, and this is all thanks to the banking inquiry that's made it a lot harder. It's much easier first home buyers to get properties. It's when you you know you get up into the higher figures and and um, and more complex deals that they're sometimes tightening up on it. We we don't like the banks that much, so they can actually be be um, they can be real asses <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've we've briefly touched on a couple of times the 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 auction scenario and whether that's the best way to go. How do, how do you make that uh, that determination when you when you're looking at properties that come on, come come through your front door? My gut feel is you know it, it comes out back to a gut feel, but we, you know who are the buyers going to be? Where's the competition going to be? And I don't believe asking first home buyers who are borrowing money. To go to an auction and bid unconditionally on a property is fair to a certain extent. Yeah. So now whether that's right or wrong, you know, I still believe I can negotiate or our team can negotiate with buyers as well as you can with an auction scenario anyway. I question a lot of the time whether a, a, a lot of the auctions are actually truthful. Or, yep. or clean, so to speak. Oh, yep. I question dummy bidding and so forth because I, I believe it's quite still quite prevalent, even though everyone says, you know, oh, no, we're squeaky clean. I can't say that I believe that. Yeah. No, I, know we, I know we are. I know we don't do it, but I, I can't say that for everybody. Is there a – is it a false or is it a myth, basically, that, uh, that you get more when you put your house up for auction than you do with a private sale? Is that a total myth? I, I think you do sometimes, but you also sometimes you're cutting out part of part of your market. 
Yeah. So is everybody come to going to come and buy an auction? No, and not all of them will. And I certainly think when you're dealing with first home buyers, we can negotiate as well as. And we have a couple of options regarding it. We've got a couple of online options we can use for that sort of stuff. But in a busy, busy market, yes, you will get a better price, but that's not always been the case, yeah. Yeah. So I guess my, my final question was going to be, has the bubble burst? But clearly it, it the bubble, and as much as the media is, I think, trying to burst it and trying to talk the property market down, it, it clearly that isn't the case. Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying now. The media do try and talk it down. It, it won't. The, the, the bubble won't burst, Kevin, because there's a demand. We're, we're a location that people want to come to. We're a, a location of choice. We're a city where um, we're growing. We are inclusive. We've got all these little communities um, which will continue to grow as well. It's it's affordability. It's location, you know, I could jump in my car now and be in Anglesey in an hour, as long as there's no police on the road. But <laughs> for us to be that close, like you can drive um, half an hour north and you can be in the main street of Bacchus Marsh. Yeah. You know, drive, drive an hour and you're in Ballarat. Like we're, we're so close to everything, you know, and again, it, it, it comes down to there's, there's the jobs, there's the, you know, reasonably good infrastructure, the train system works pretty well. We've got, I reckon, we'll be at least another 12 months and possibly longer than that before the bubble, you know, bursts and, and I don't think it'll even burst. It might deflate a bit, little bit, but, you know, again, pricing will just mean that we're going to stay, you know, that, that location and that, that um, choice location for people to come to. Well, certainly a lot of topics we covered uh, in this edition of Go West, the Real Estate Podcast. And if that has uh, opened up uh, some questions that you want to ask as a a follow-up to what you heard today, simply uh, jump on the website, westwoodfn.com.au, or give the office a call, 9742-5555. That's First National Westwood. And uh, Rob and his team will be only too happy to answer any more questions or inquiries you may have about some of the things you heard in this podcast. And, of course, we have two previous episodes that you can have a listen to as well that uh, you can find where you found this particular edition of the Go West podcast. Thanks for listening. My name's Kevin Hillier. Episode four is coming soon.